0: And the number one question I ask is as broad as it could possibly be. Yeah. All right. So what do I need to know?
1: <laughs> any any surprises. I, I, Absolutely right. Listen that's it. It's pretty I, much it.
0: If I see something that stands out to me, yep. y- you you're freaking right, I'm gonna yep. ask about it. But I wanna know from you. What do I need to know? What do I need to know? What did you find? What conflicts do we have? What issues arose? If you open the floodgate like that, I guarantee you, you're gonna get a you're gonna get a lot of information from your G C. With the cousins. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of home with the cousins. We are running back through the project planning series. If you've listened to this before, it is definitely worth another listen. There is an absolute ton of information in these seven episodes. I would also encourage you to share this with a friend. Think about somebody who's got an upcoming renovation, wants to do a home remodel, and really isn't prepared to do so. Share this episode, share this series with those people. We really want to share knowledge here. After these seven episodes, we will be back with all fresh content. Without further ado, jump into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Home with the Cousins. Today, we are talking about job walkthroughs, the first part of them anyway. The job walkthroughs that go along with the demolition and rough inspection phase of your job, Johnny. How you doing today?
1: Doing good. Well, it's a it's a beautiful day here in Jersey City. It so is it's, So it's good. It's nice. Excited to talk about the walkthroughs.
0: Yep, we've got some street cleaners yeah, okay. coming street by, cleaners so uh, uh, ig- ignore the honks, everybody. <laughs> they're 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 aggressive. They are. Uh, so let's uh, let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the obvious place. What is a walkthrough? So it's it, you know it's really an industry term and and it's pretty self-explanatory it is w- what it says it is you walk through the job not what it is but who is there is what's really important and you know you want to make sure that you as the homeowner are going through your job in detail with your general contractor this is not something you want to put on them every day this is not something you want to put on them every week so you want to phase these things out because this should be Anywhere from an hour to two hours on the job, going through all the questions, going through all the explanations, looking at the details of the job and making sure things are where they should be for that phase. The biggest thing that I would say here is that it's not your responsibility as the homeowner to have answers to anything, but if you don't ask the question, you can't get an answer. So, in your gut, if it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't look right, if you're confused, ask the question. These guys are either going to have the answer, or they're going to go and get the answer for you from a subcontractor, for for example, from the electrician, from the plumber. Um, but if you don't say anything, they're not going to be able to to answer. They, yeah. you know, they're not mind readers.
1: And and that that's a great point. I, I think. So many people are afraid of just getting out there and wondering well what's kind of going on here And you should I mean this isn't your profession. you should say, hey, why did you uh, take down this area or why are the pipes going here? Why is electrical being run here? Right. find out about that And I think you know something that is you know is not explained is when a lot of homeowners and, and you kick this off right saying, there's certain people that should be there for the walkthroughs because sometimes if you're walking through the job, not with the engineer or with your, with your general contractor, you don't know what you're looking at. So if you have those people by your side, you're
0: educating yourself on your, on your own home. Exactly. Um, You know, I think it's also worth stating that the larger the job you gen, you, you tend to have more trades present. So, you know, we're largely talking about home renovations here. You're not going to have more than the general contractor present, but if you if you are on a larger job, a multifamily job, um, maybe it's a maybe you know maybe you're you're gut renovating a big house. I, by big, I mean 3,500 square feet, 4,000 plus. Uh, on a job like that, it is not uncommon to have the general contractor and then the lead from each of the subs. So the head electrician the head of the plumbers, the head of the HVAC, and maybe any specialty trades that might be there so that you guys can walk through the job as a unit and get those, a- because the answers are much more important to come in a, in a timely manner on a job of that size because the level of complication is exponentially larger. But, you know, the majority of this series, we're talking about home renovations, basic home renovations, typical, if, if there is such a word anymore, <laughs> um, and... and For this size job that we're largely talking about, you and the general contractor is going to suffice. So why are they important? Why are walkthroughs important? Well, we harp on communication. We said every episode, there's no straight line through a construction project. Communication is key, and if these walkthroughs, as we discussed in in uh, in the uh, contract uh, packet uh, episode and the building your team episode, um, if this is written down and it's part of the expectation that everyone has for this job, it is forced communication between you and your and your GC. It allows you to have a scheduled conversation. So if you guys are not super communicative together, you know that you've got. At least four times during the job that you are going to that you're going to be meeting with this person. Yeah, and you
1: know once you start figuring out saying, okay, well now I understand when the walkthroughs are going to happen. We know they're going to happen before the project kicks off. You should definitely start your first walkthrough before anything is even touched. So just so you have a game plan. Then after your demolitions done so you can see the walls opened up you see what's going on if there are any things that are kind of blaring that maybe didn't stand out when you were doing all of all of your plans now you see behind the walls you can kind of see that with your general contractor and any of the subcontractors you're going to then do the next walkthrough after you're done with all your roughs.
0: Well, after rough inspections. After rough let's, inspections. Let's be clear there. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah, you want to. Yes.
1: Because you really. Because there could be changes that the inspector mm-hmm. makes that
0: the, the contractor makes. If the inspector wants a change, there's no reason that you should be looking at that and then having to go no. back and no, look. No, it's just, it just so after be rough inspections.
1: And then after your rough inspections, it's going to be after your final inspections when you know everything's getting ready to be get closed up, and then you can start on your final punch list. Which we know—that's another whole
0: conversation. Yeah. Well, but that's next episode. That's that's exactly. next episode is, is final and, and punch and those those two things we'll get into detail yep. there. So, so um, yeah. So that's the reason to do it. It's about communication. It's about forcing the communication, and it's a dedicated time where y- it, it's twofold. You you can feel comfortable to ask questions, and the contractor's expecting the questions.
1: And, uh, and, and those and those are, are the milestones. You know, I, I think right. those main areas are the milestones that really push the project and keep it going fast. Right. So, And,
0: and when you say milestone, it, it's another word for saying, when we close these walls up, it's going to get expensive to change something. Exactly. It's going to be way more expensive to move this pipe and way more complicated to move this pipe once a sheetrock is up and I got to now trench this and move that. When the studs are open, man, it's really easy for them to make changes. So this is not. The, how do I want to say this? This should not. You should not consider this just a cruise around the house and and a bullshit session with your contractor. No, it's to be detailed. You want to study up a little bit. Yep. Um, when I go to a walkthrough, um, now with my iPad, everything's digital. If you feel more comfortable with paper, that's fine too. But I highly, highly, highly recommend you have a set of plans with you. Um, if they're going to be paper an 11 by 17 set is way easier to carry around during a walkthrough and, and, uh, way easier to note and walk at the same time. Um, I love doing it on my iPad. I bring my plans into either Evernote or Notability. I have an Apple pencil and I draw right on my plans and then I can email stuff out instantaneously when I'm done. So I highly recommend doing it that way. But, um, regardless of your method you guys need to be studying your plans so once your plans are locked with the architects you know i would be looking at those plans going over them i mean you're going to be doing it anyway because wow wow, am i happy with the bathroom wall here or am i sure the kitchen's big enough or too too big or you know so you're going to be looking at these plans from a from a look and feel standpoint But don't be afraid to dive a little deeper and educate yourselves on what some of these symbols mean and where electric hookups are going and what the plumbing plan looks like, the riser diagrams. They're not super complicated. They are if you just look at them and and brush over them. But if you dive in a little bit, it's not super complicated to figure out what these things mean. And then you're getting, you know, you're getting thereby more familiar with your job.
1: Well, and I mean, we've said it before. 80% 80% of the job is behind the walls. So if you understand that, right. and just and, and it it's is, like you said, point. it is easy. It This isn't, it's stuff, you know, I, I think people try to make it more complicated than, than it is to confuse homeowners. But like Anthony said, you know, guys, you can go online, you can do a, a little research, you can watch a lot of TV shows that talk about that. Our TV shows, we talked a lot about the rough phase. But you can learn this stuff and it makes you understand your home in a much deeper way. So, if a problem arises, if something happens, then you really understand it. You're not scrambling saying, I have no clue how these mechanicals work. You know, I got to call up my HVAC guy. I'd have to call up my plumber. I have to call up my electrician. Uh, Yes, to come out and fix things. But if you understand it in a basic way, you can help them fix that problem. You can help them. Maybe
0: better said. To diagnose the problem. To di- diagnose right? it, exactly. They're going to come in and fix it. Yes. But, but the more you know about your plans and where things are, you're going to save them time, which exactly. is going to save you money. Yep. Time is money, always. Um, so why don't we dive into, specifically into the demolition walkthrough, things sure. we're going to be looking for. Um, so, all right. So so your contractor cleaned out uh, the house, the demolition's done. Um and guys, you know, we use the word clean out and demolition interchangeably and make sure that we explain that. I'm trying not to glaze over things. So much stuff has become second nature. Um, a, a Demolition, in the, in the technical sense of the word, is knocking a structure down. What you're getting when you get your permit, uh, is it's called a clean out permit because you're leaving the structure standing and you're removing the things from the inside that you want gone. So when we say clean out, we don't mean dishes out of your cabinets, we mean cabinets demolished and in the dumpster. <laughs> They're gone. <laughs> so, so, yeah, sorry if there's there, there's confusion there. So, uh, John, so clean-out is done. What are you looking for during the walkthrough?
1: Um, I mean, during the walkthrough, especially in the demo phase, I'm looking to see are any of the structural walls, things that are very important, that are the most expensive, are they supported – correctly? Are things okay? Is there any load-bearing issues? So, you're going to be looking at any of those joists have they been cut a lot of a lot of older projects that we've worked on we've started the clean out we start demo we uncover floor joists that have actually been cut through we've seen that cut, multiple times cut
0: through or notched or, in or, a or very notched. in a very nasty manner
1: yes um, so those are things that are going to jump out at you and if you're with your your gc or your architect you you can identify those areas if you have to sister some beams to shore things up those are things in a renovation that are, first and foremost, make sure structurally
0: the house is okay. Right. And so, so John just hit a few things there, and, and they're all very important. Kind of to break them down a little bit more in layman's terms. So number one, like he said, you're with your general contractor, so you're not worried about what is or is not load-bearing. You are looking for notches or, or big cuts, things that don't look like they should be there. And what's the question? Well, the question's simple. Is this okay like this? And your contractor's going to say, yeah, this is a quarter-inch notch. It doesn't matter. We're not even in a load-bearing surface, and this is allowed by code. Or, no, we've identified it. We already know we're going to take care of this.
1: Because the inspector will make them take care of it also, guys. That's something that— But we know. don't
0: always want to depend on them, of right? Course. That's why yep. we're putting our extra set of eyes on there. Um, and the other thing that he said was, was sistering Joyce, right? The, I think the big takeaway from this is that any problem you have can be fixed. So while it's important to bring it up and while it's important to be concerned about it, there's no need to have anxiety about it or, or you know, think that costs are going to instantaneously jump out, of con- uh, jump out of control. Sistering Joyce just simply means taking two new pieces of wood, and bolting, through bolting them all the way through the old piece of wood to make sure that it now has the structural rigidity that it needs to have to do its original job and just do it better than it used to.
1: Yeah, and, and those things, once you get past that, those can be big-ticket items. So that's why it's so important just to, to make sure that that stuff is okay. Then once you move past all the structural issues, then you're going to start looking into your mechanicals. Um, are the plumbing pipes that you currently have there... Is it is it old copper? Is has well been the rut- big thing right is is it lead? Is it lead? Well, that's if you have, yes, like in true. Jersey City, there's a lot yeah, of a lot lead
0: of, uh, pipes that come into the house, and if that's the case, it's it's got to be replaced all the way out to the street.
1: Yeah, so you know, you're so then so then you start moving through those mechanicals. You like Anthony said, you check if it's lead, is is the copper rusted? Does that need need to be changed out? Electrical, we've run into that's probably the biggest nightmare that I think we've run into through all of our projects is that you start getting into the electrical issues because you see some of the old wiring, you see things that have been spliced together that are thrown up into a ceiling. So those are things you want to point out to your GC to find out, hey, am I going to have to change this? Does it have to come out? Do we have to rip everything out? Is the inspector going to make us do this? Because those are big ticket items that definitely if if you identify it now, it'll save you time and money in the long run.
0: You know, and you're talking about electrical, you know, it it doesn't take a lot of expertise to figure out a problem. If you see a rat's nest of wires, that's bad. It's just bad. Anytime you see electrical connection, two wires connected together with a wire nut, that has to be inside of a box. If it's not inside of a box where it's protected, it's wrong. And It's very easily identifiable. These are not things that contractors are going to leave and try and snake by you. They're going to be telling you about this during the walkthrough because they're going to want you to know, uh, in the event that it's a change order, obviously they're going to want to make sure that you're aware of it and that you discuss it and you, and you abide by the process that you guys, uh, put in place that we discussed a a few episodes back. Um, and they also want to do the right job and they're also. Not going to get it past the inspector. So we're, you know, we're we're doing this by way of education, not saying you got to be aware of it because your contractor won't. No, the contractors are, are going to be doing their job and they're going to be doing it well because you've taken the time to select somebody who's proud of what they do. You've taken the time to hire somebody who's organized and abides by you. Uh, you know, abides by, uh, a, a good ethical code. So, you know, again, these are, these are, so you are educ. these things are so you're educated about your home and you're aware of the different things that are going on. Um, one of the big things that I like to do is I either bring a tennis ball or a marble, uh, a bouncy ball, whatever. You can put it down on the sub floor and just let it roll and see what happens. Um, if you have a lot of deflecting joists that are that are bowed, or your your floor is just not level, you're going to be able to tell right then and there, um, you know how bad, how out of whack that is. And at that point, you're going to have to decide, you know, whether it's worth the expense of leveling the floor and getting everything perfect, or if you're going to build with what's existing because you're structurally sound, you're just not perfectly level.
1: Uh, one thing I want to point out to everybody, and we ran into it most recently on an episode of America's Most Desperate Kitchens is the asbestos that we find in attics a lot of times. Mm -hmm. So everybody that has older homes, if you've seen that blown in insulation, if you've gone upstairs in your attic and it's just blown in and it's just laying on all the joists and the rafters up top, that pretty much is going to be asbestos. And you do not want to be breathing that in. And once it's disrupted, so when it's inside your house and no one has touched it, it's fine. But once it's disrupted in a construction setting and it hits the air, that's when you have something to worry about. And if you're going to be doing a construction and you're going to be upsetting the attic area and that's going to be falling down and it's going to get into the air, that's when you want to bring in a specialty company that's going to suck that out for you, clean the air, you won't have any issues, but just know that's going you know, to take a little time and money and add some some extra
0: time on, on their project. Absolutely, absolutely. And and the the rule of thumb with asbestos is basically if the house is uh, pre 1978, uh, you can pretty much bet that asbestos be. is in there. Post 1978, uh, you're okay. Um, and like John said, you want you just want a specialty remediation company. There there's plenty of them. They're not hard to find. It's nothing that's. That's uh, that's crazy. But again, if it's not disturbed, if it's something that's not going to be disturbed, you have no reason to remove it and you can can continue with your project.
1: Um, one area also during the demolition for people to kind of save money. Guys, if you have an area... Now, look, you see a lot of our projects. Of course, we go down to the studs. Everything's kind of gone. But we ha- we have had projects where maybe the sheetrock on the ceiling is still good if if you can save it, if you can patch over it. If there are areas in your renovation that you can kind of keep, so if there are sheetrocked areas where you can just patch and do a nice spackle job, keep that because that's going to save you money. You don't need to always take down every bit of sheetrock. We've done on plenty of episodes, whether it's been even inside of a kitchen, uh, maybe we've put some new electric over by the backsplash, but we've... Kept some of the sheetrock there, patched it, and then put a, a backsplash over it. So just look at certain areas. I think sometimes everyone says, you know what? I'll just take it all down. If you want to save some money, maybe you can keep some of that sheetrock in certain rooms. So just keep an eye out for that.
0: Absolutely. So um, the the two main things I look at uh, in the post cleanout or post demolition walkthrough. Um, number one, I want I want that job site to be absolutely spotless cleaned up and gone uh all the crap out everything in the dumpster so that i can see everything i want to see with my contractor easily don't bring me don't tell me you're ready for the demolition walkthrough and guys are still carrying stuff out and there's still sawdust all over the ground and stepping over garbage no no way especially if you're not going to be in work boots um or a heavy soled shoe you want to make sure that job is Completely broom clean before you're doing your your walkthrough, and and you should and you should let the contractor know that at the beginning of demolition. Like, listen, just I want you to know when it's time for our demo walkthrough. This I don't want anybody working here. Tools are off, and it's just you and me, and it's quiet so we can think, and I can really pay attention to the things you're sa- you're you're telling me. The second thing that um that I do is I verify that everything I want done is done. And that, all that is is familiarity with your plans. If you have studied your plans and you were involved with the architect, right? all these things build on themselves. So don't take the comment stand alone. Are you familiar with your plans? Well, that sounds like you got to study and yeah. you, you know, you're reading porn over these things. But if you were involved with your architect and you went through the bidding process, you already have this basic understanding. The idea is you want to stay familiar with it through the process and not let it get away from you. So you just review your plans the night before you're going to meet with your GC, and you look at all the areas that are dotted lines that are, hey, this is clean out stuff, and this room is going to connect to that room, we're taking that wall down, and you and you walk through, and you make sure all that stuff is done. And the number one question I ask is as broad as it could possibly be. Yeah. All right, so what do I need to know?
1: <laughs> any any what surprises.
0: Absolutely right. Listen, That's it. That's pretty I, much it. If I see something that stands out to me... Yep. you you're freaking right. I'm gonna yeah. ask about it, but but I want to know from you. What do I need to know? What do I need to know? What did you find? What conflicts do we have? What issues arose? What can't you wait to tell me about? That's a change order. Yes. You know, all the, you if you open the floodgate like that, I guarantee you, you're gonna get a you're gonna get a lot of information from your GC, and you know you want to keep it conversational. You want to process all this stuff. Um, but it's, it's a great opener because they start talking and by them telling you things, it's inherently going to cause you to have more questions and then that will get the conversation really moving. So don't think you need to have a list of 10 questions.
1: No, but, but in all honesty, and, and I kind of want your opinion on this, doing the hundreds, or maybe even thousands of walkthroughs we've done on job sites, I feel demolition is probably the most important because at that point in the job, is when if you want something to be changed, it can be changed. Right.
0: R- things aren't rough well, that's, yet. That's Th- the right. That's right? the most economical time to change it. it. So, and then the rough and ins- the rough walk That's the next most next economical. Eco- yes. And then it just gets worse, gets and, worse, worse and worse and worse. Right.
1: So that's why Anthony, you know, made a great point saying, "Let me know what's wrong right now. Say it right now to me because it hasn't gotten kicked off. Nothing's been built yet." Right. It's only been taken down. Correct. So right now, this is the time if maybe if you were teetering, if you had a design idea, for example, you weren't sure, should you have a fully open concept? Did you want to have the dining room closed off? Not closed off. Were you were you not sure yet? This is the time, guys. Right now, you can say, you know what? Let's clear it out. Let's open it up. I see it. I can see the the full picture while I'm standing in the space. Yep,
0: and I think maybe something to add to what you're saying is the fact that once the demo is done, everything's open. So like we talked about during the bidding process, we can't expect our general contractor to have x-ray vision. They can't see through walls. This is how change orders largely arise because they find problems. Well, guess what? The walls are open. Everything's exposed and you've had time to figure out what all the problems are. So Mr. GC, if you're telling me there's not a lot of problems, if I'm not looking at a lot of change orders, to John's point, hey, maybe you can add that extra whatever that that super want that reach part of your project that you're saying let's hold off because our contingency is 20 on top of the whole budget we're paying attention to what's going on here now we're all cleaned out the demo's done god you know he really hasn't identified that many problems that the, all the trades have been through it's just like we have it on the plans yeah right <laughs> <laughs> I could
1: I could feel some sarcasm uh, there,
0: Ant. Was that a, was that a little sarcasm? Hey, listen, there? you know, not you know, it's maybe I, I don't even know how to put a, a number gauge on it. But every now and again, you know, you listen, you get a you get lucky on a project, and uh, if you don't have a ton of problems, if people weren't in there meddling and doing bad renovations before you came along, you might just get lucky. Um, and, it, and it's a great way, and it's a great time frame. To John's point. Um. To uh. To make that decision to do something more or add something on.
1: Well, I th- and I think we've done that. I mean, there's been plenty of projects where, where we've teetered. We said, do we want to open it up? Do we not want to open it up? Do we have the ability of maybe expanding a, a room? And sometimes, and look, guys, Anthony and I have done this, you know, for 15 plus years. And I understand and I get it. When you look at plans, sometimes it's very hard to visualize that space, to visualize that area. That's why standing in the space, Mm -hmm. seeing it opened up. Especially once a wall's taken down. Once a wall's taken down, you're like, now I get it. Now now I get it. A, A design idea that maybe you and the architect were kind of going back and forth and you weren't sure of. Now you can fully understand, okay, I see where he's going with this. I see where the kind of the, the mentality of why he wanted
0: me to do this. Absolutely. And now and now we can do it. You know what? And that, that, that's a really great point. And, and to add to what John's saying, one of the other tools I bring with me on my demolition walkthrough, and this might even be for after the GC's gone, depends on how comfortable you feel with them uh, in your working relationship. It is nice for them to be there because it's certainly helpful. Uh, but I bring a large roll of one and a half inch wide uh, painter's tape. And I do that because once the walls are down and you are in the space and you can really feel what it feels like, well, let's say we're putting in a huge island and I really want to get a feel for what that's yeah. going to be like. Grab the tape with the GC. Hey, can you help me measure out where this is, is going to live in this room? He pulls some measurements off the wall for you. You're throwing down the tape as, he, as he's got his tape measure out. Now you can stand back and you can say, this is the size of the island. Well, this is way too big. It's not going to allow the flow. This was a big mistake. You know we've we've got we've to change this or this is perfect. This is exactly what I wanted. Um, you know and, and there's a million examples of, of how you can do that. whether it's a piece of furniture you're considering buying, um, whether it's the layout of a room, um, you know, the, the location of your sink. I mean, it it can go for anything, but I find painter's tape is a really great visual indicator, um, to allow you to get a sense for your space plan. And I say, and I say tape for a reason. Spray paint is not good. Marking paint is not good because your contractors and your subcontractors are going to be using marking paint for, um, for various reasons throughout the job, and you really don't want to be adding lines to the floor that may or may not confuse things. So with the painter's tape, you put it down, you pick it up, and the job is unchanged for, for all the guys that are trying to make progress there for you.
1: And I, I think for kitchens and bathrooms, it's, it's, it, 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 it's a necessity. Yeah. And we, we've, we do it on all of our projects because, again, like you said, until you're in the space, you want to make sure is the flow right? Do I have enough space with the back cabinets in the island? Do I have a minimum of 36 inches? And look, guys, again, until you stand in there, it's, it is, it's hard to feel it, and you need it. And even people that are very seasoned, like I said, we've done this so many times, we feel most comfortable when we're standing there we mark it out. We say, you know what? We were right. This is perfect. This is going to allow enough space. You can a- you actually have real live bodies
0: yeah. walking there, saying, "Oh, that's fine. You know, we could we can get past here. It's it's okay." You know, the only thing that experience gives you is it know it, it it allows you to know that using that tape is critical. Yep. It is very rare that we change something at this point because we've gotten good at space planning, but. That painter's tape is cheap compared to ordering an island, putting a countertop on it, sitting at a stool and being like, you know what? Mm, We messed up. This is too big. (laughs) (laughs) This is this is wrong. Which one do you think is cheaper to work through, right? (laughs) This is so painter's tape is your best friend on that for, for for sure. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, Anything else for the demo walkthrough? I feel like we Um,
1: covered it. I'm trying to think. Let me look at my notes here. Oh, I mean, I I guess, I mean, the only thing at the end, and I guess this is a a note for all the walkthroughs, um, is just a sign-off. I I, I really feel at the end, you take all your notes, you digest it down, and you sign off with the GC, with the architect. Great So everybody, everyone says, yes, I acknowledge that because... Again, guys, I just want to make sure everyone's accountable because, again, you could say, oh, we talked about that, but I don't remember it. Yep. This is an easy way. Yes, we talked about moving X, Y, Z. We made these changes. You sign off on it. There's a, a record of it, and it's just easy. And then there's no confusion maybe a month or two months down the road during the
0: actual build. Absolutely. And, you know, this is a great time to to briefly mention technology again. I know I mentioned it a few episodes ago. I was going to, I was going to,
1: I thought you'd probably
0: <laughs> yep. kick it off. Um, Side so. Field Lens, yep. um, fieldlens.com, F-I-E-L-D-L-E-N-S.com. Uh, yes, I am associated with them. I'm on their advisory board. And for good reason, I friggin love their product. It's an amazing product. <laughs> it is. <laughs> That's it is. why. It is. And And look, it's free for homeowners. So, you know, the GC is going to have their own expense associated with it. Uh, But that's not for you to worry about. This is going to give you the ability to capture media in real time, meaning when you're walking through the job, instead of doing what John just described, writing down all the notes from the job and everybody signing off on it, you can capture all these things in real time with the general contractor. You can do video so you can get his explanation and the things that he's pointing at. You can do photos with markups on them. You can, you can pin those photos to specific areas of the drawings, and that's it. When you're done with your walkthrough, you're not going home to write an hour's worth of notes down because you've already got everything captured. The GC has it because as soon as you post it, it's live to everybody in the job. So it, again, it's a, it's a it's a really great um, it's a really great tool for this specific part of the job, especially from a homeowner's perspective. So definitely worth uh, checking out, and I will put a link to uh, the website again in the show notes for you guys.
1: And I want to let you know everybody out there that, that that's listening. You know, of course, if you're doing your, your home renovation project, it's a great tool. But if you are someone that's in the business like us, a developer, someone that's flipping multiple homes. Having a tool like this, guys, this makes your life so easy. I think about I think about our projects before this started. Before we started using Field Lens to the magnitude where, like you said, it was all taking notes down, notepads, signing off, very tedious. The daily job sheets. Daily job sheets.
0: We literally got rid of that template once we employed the the technology.
1: Then, because we had multiple jobs going on all over the place, then we had this technology. We go right in. We pull up that job. We pull up those notes. I can see it real time on my phone, on my iPad, yep. anywhere, and share it with everybody. So if you are somebody that's in the business, and let's say you have 10 properties. They're all going on at once. They're all in different stages because they are going to be in different, st- different stages. You can go right to your phone. You can have your general contractor taking pictures right there and updating you. You don't need to drive around the 10 properties to see everything. So I, I think w- with walkthroughs, if you are the next level up, where it can get very involved, if you have a lot of properties, something like field lens guys, it uh, it, it definitely changed. It changed our business, and uh, yep. it made it made time and and money a lot easy to attain just because of of this. this tool and just
0: so we're clear this is not a paid advertisement we are just big fans of the software and i've i've worked with the company in an advisory capacity because we use the software so much simple as that okay so uh let's go to the post rough inspection walkthrough so you have now passed your rough inspections what does that mean that means that the walls are still open there's no sheetrock you can see all the two by fours you can see all the studs uh you still have um uh yeah you, the the walls are all open plain and simple um, but all the mechanicals are in place all the pvc pipe for the plumbing all the black pipe for the gas lines all the copper or pex lines for the water all of your electrical wires everything is in the inspectors have come the electrical inspector the plumbing inspector the hvac inspector which is also the plumbing inspector um, fire some
1: places. I don't know. Some places, uh,
0: require require fire, not all. Yeah. Um, but assuming this is a standalone residential residence, it does not. Um, and of course the building inspector, all of those guys have come by and given each subcontractor sign off. And then you have finally gotten your building sign off to proceed to your insulation and then sheetrocking. So prior to insulation, you're walking the job again. Um, I start with the same questions, and I start with the same mentality. I want the job site totally clean. I don't want guys working. I don't want tools going off. If we're done with rough materials, well, then rough materials shouldn't be on the job anymore, should they? So I don't want reams of pipe and rolls of wire and extra 2 by 4s Look, guys have to have materials on site so they can make progress. I get it if they're neatly stacked in a pile, I'm not so anal as to be like, I'm not doing the walkthrough until that's off my job. (laughs) Um, Or are you? (laughs) Or or am I? (laughs) 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 Or? Or I am. Um, But I do want an, or it's the the, plain and simple broom clean organized job site because I want to be able to see everything. And now we're talking about critical things that if we miss something, it's going to be more and more expensive to fix once the sheetrock goes up. So we're doing this for our own good. We're doing this for the good of the job. And it winds up saving the contractor time and heartache in the long run as well. So nice, clean job site. What do I need to know? That's the question. What do I need to know? If he doesn't have, you know, at this point, you're, you probably know about all the conflicts. There's probably not a lot that's going to happen uh, that's going to be of a surprise to you. But here's what could be a potential surprise is, you know, I'm not really saying this the best way. Let, let's rewind. You want to avoid future potential surprises by verifying all of the locations for all of the roughs. So, if you see a horizontal pipe coming out of the wall, well, you know that's a pipe drain. If you see a hole in the floor with a flange on it, you know a toilet is going there. You know, So you wanna walk through the job with your GC, with a set of plans, and you wanna go to every location that a plumbing fixture is going to go in and say, is this where this is supposed to be? Let's verify this. Verify each and every fixture. Yes, each and every fixture. Light switches are pretty obvious, light light, uh, light fixtures are pretty obvious uh, from a hi-hat perspective. When you're talking about pendants, if they're over an island, we want to make sure, again, with our painter's tape, if we tape out the island and we look up and our pendants aren't centered, right? So these are all things that we want to be verifying the, the, depending on the size of your job, the post rough inspection walkthrough could be a solid two hours. Yeah, this is right.
1: A hundred percent. And the thing that I love to do is I love to print out all of my spec sheets. So I take all
0: great tip
1: and and I I think it gets overlooked a lot of times.
0: Rewind a little bit. What is a spec sheet? What does it go with? How do you get them? And why do you do it?
1: So guys, so when you are picking out your finished materials, and it's your, it's your appliances in the kitchen. It's your sink. It's your faucets. It's your, your lighting. Anthony talked about pendants. There's over de- the generally island.
0: a cut sheet for everything you
1: can buy. Yes. Yeah, so that cut sheet is something you can download. It'll give you the specs on it, it'll say what type of power, what is the size of it, the width, the height, the color, even. The color. It gives, it gives the contractor and you, as the homeowner, all the details you need to install that product. And some products, depending on on how high-end your your project is, can get very detailed and very, very specific. So if you have a binder that has all those cut sheets for all of your finished product materials, and you're doing the walkthrough, and you're checking, and you're going through, and you're saying, okay, this is where the sink is going inside the kitchen. The sink is 36 inches in width. It's 10 inches in depth. Um, is this enough room for it? Can can it fit here? Is everything okay? You're just going to verify that you have enough space, that the electric is is in the right area. For example, when I was doing, I think we've run into this a couple of times, a lot of refrigerators where the water connection is, there's very specific areas. Bottom
0: left, bottom right.
1: Exactly. So guys, so you need to have a water line that's coming into your fridge, right? Well, there's a specific area they tell you where that water line is going to be so that water line is one going to give you give give you ice and two if you have an actual water maker to give you water as well but it tells you like anthony just said is it on the bottom left so your little nub where the water comes in there has to be an area so when you push that fridge in it goes in nice and smooth if he puts it on the right hand side you can't push the fridge in and believe me then there's a change order. Oh, you didn't tell me that's where the water line goes. Right.
0: Now I have to move it two feet. I had that. I had that issue with with my cooktop here. With yours, um, you know the the Gaggenau cooktop that I went with is, is a bit of a specialty appliance, and uh, I had given the binder to my subs, uh, w- as I do with every job, and they did not look at it. They just do. They did what they did normally in every other apartment that's in this building because they just wanted to get their job done. But they knew this was my place and they knew there was a different spec here. I had to move the gas line and I did not pay for it because we had sign-offs and we did everything by the book. And to, to piggyback off of what you're saying, because it's a great point and I did it totally spaced when I was writing my notes for this episode, but that those cut sheets are so, so key that not only do I make myself a binder, I make a replicated binder for the contractor the GC only. He, it's up to him to hand it out to his subs. Okay, so I have my binder that is is—that is like the, the the head binder. It's unchanging. It has absolutely everything. The GC can hand stuff out, so if he ever misplaces a, a cut sheet or, yeah. or is given one out, you, you've you got a backup. Yep. But then I make a third copy, and it doesn't go in a binder. It comes with me to the post-rough inspection walkthrough, and I bring a freaking staple gun. And I staple I, yep. each cut sheet to, to the, the stud. wood stud, <laughs> to the studs, right where it's supposed to go. Yep. So guess what? I have a binder. The GC has a binder. And if you still haven't gotten that spec sheet when you come in in the morning, it's stapled right in front of your eyes. Yeah, that's a that's a really great point, John. No, it is. And I think, just
1: in 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 my experience and doing all the walkthroughs, you do you I I will say this: you you are gonna catch some mistakes because it's just it, if. You know, not every appliance is the same, right. not not every rough for whatever you're doing in a bathroom, it doesn't matter. It's not all the same, but sometimes those guys, they do what they normally do and well, you know, keep it
0: as their project. So it's And like you said, these guys, it's not their only job, no. right? They have multiples. So get confused. if they've put in uh, a standard 8-inch spread faucet uh, in a sink top for the last 15 jobs and you're specking a wall faucet, well, we yeah. can't get mad at them. It, these things happen. happen. There's a lot of complication on these jobs. Yeah. So by you helping them out and stapling it right in front of their eyes or attaching it to the wall or what, however you do it, tape it, staple it, I don't care, um, you know, you're know, you helping them and you're helping yourself. And if, and if by chance the mistake still exists when it's time to install that finished product, guess who is now not paying for a change order yep. because you were diligent when it counted? You, the homeowner. And... I would say during the
1: rough, if you catch those, if you catch those issues, if you, where it's moving a gas line, moving a water line, those are pretty simple fixes, guys. This is nothing that it's like, oh my god, I gotta freak. You don't, you don't freak out. It's an easy move. Yep. It's a hard move <laughs> when the walls are sheetrocked and, and insulation is in. That's when that's when you don't want to do the move because it's just there's a there's a number of trades that have now done their work over. What you want to change, and it gets, it becomes more difficult. So that's why that's it. It's very easy, very simple. And like you said before, that's why this inspection is about a two hour inspection yes. because you have the cut sheets, you're going in detail, you're making sure if somebody maybe doesn't understand
0: it. But let's put it this way though those two hours, oh, this it, is what they they, they're going to save you. Whew. Let's say each mistake is worth about minimum five hours, five. if not 10. Yeah. So, you know, when you look at the, the, the value of time and money, the value proposition is huge. Yes, nobody wants to be doing this at the end of their work day for two hours after you've worked, you know, 10, 15 hour day, but it's worth the time. And I would suggest that you schedule your walkthroughs on a Saturday. Con- most contractors work Saturdays. It's a normal work day for them. And it is important that you are fresh when you do this. You want to be going in there with a positive attitude. Don't have guys working. Guys should not be working around you. This should be a very, the job site should
1: be closed down and it's you, your GC, or you, your GC, and your architect, whoever's going to be on that team that's walking through and everyone is understanding what's going on.
0: Absolutely. so I think that uh, well, that about covers it. Do let you me give. Uh, I'm going
1: to give just a couple things I, I look for and like suggestions I look in in, in the rough stage. Just as, as some points um, for everybody at home. So a couple things that I look for when we are roughing. You know, make sure that your electric is neat and stapled up to the beams or any uh, up to the two by fours. Um, I also like to make sure uh, most homes have, have Romex. That's, that's the new standard in code uh, when you're wiring. I like the electricians to wire, the, um, to label the, the Romex also. So if, for example, if you had to do something where you had to take down a wall in the future, it's labeled. It says w- what it's for. So I actually have them label each one what outlet it, it's going to. Um, if you guys aren't sure something with plumbers, if you want to bring up, of course, copper has been the standard for years and years. Ask for PEX. It's something that's very easy. It's actually plastic tubing. It's blue and it's red. You know, what's cold, you, you know, what's hot. It's
0: very easy. PEX will cut the cost of your plumbing in half.
1: Yes, very. Uh, and it's, it's a lot easier for them to install. Most plumbers today, they want to use PEX, but it's something uh, to definitely bring up. Um, I know we talked about field lens, so that's already done. Um, you know, make sure that you're walking through, make sure, ask your general contractor something that holds up, uh, you know, jobs is making sure that things are fire caulked. Um, so if you have a penetration between rooms, you want to make sure that it is fire caulked because a lot of inspectors want to make sure that that is done. Um, and last but not least for your HVAC, just to make sure it's strapped to the ceiling. I think a lot of, you know, sometimes HVAC guys, they don't strap properly. Things kind of get a little loose. So make sure that it's strapped and it's done with the insulation tape on any of the joints when you have any bends make sure that it's taped very well and it's not going to break apart and actually move when it's upstairs in your attic yep.
0: the only one you missed was the nail plates for the. oh and nail pipes. plates yes yeah.
1: and, and nail plates by gas lines and by any water lines yeah. also
0: so these are very simple things to identify um so we'll go in reverse order here so for plumbing and gas lines oh will again. For water and gas lines, for the plumbing stuff, the nail plates are just simple flat plates.
1: Were they two by two? Dep- it it depends, depends on the size guess, of the pipe yeah. that's
0: in the wall, yeah. So w- what you're going to see is uh, when, a wa- when a when a plumbing pipe is running horizontal through a wall or a vertical coming up through the floor, there is a metal plate that is put on the two by four stud in front of that to protect it once the sheetrock is up so when when, when the sheetrockers are, are screwing through the sheetrock, putting it up against the wood studs, if they hit a metal plate, it won't allow the screw to go through, thereby saving you putting a hole in your plumbing pipe. Yep. Very simple to identify. Um, strapping for HVAC that John just mentioned, you're basically looking for big metal bands that go around your ductwork that, that are also attached to either ceiling structure, or roof member, um, whatever the case may be. Um, you have metal strapping around the ductwork holding it in place because once that system is pushing air, it can rattle around and th- that ductwork can loosen up. And then last, uh, John was talking about the nailed-off electrical wires. I don't know the exact code. Do you remember? Is it twenty-four every 24 inches? I don't, I don't remember what well, the exact look, is. The, Again, you don't need to know the code. We've been doing this for 15 years. I still don't know exactly what the code it's is. It's constantly changing, what, what do I look at? If there's any big bowing wires that are floppy or can move around in the wall, plain and simple, that's not right. Whether it's code or not, I don't like it in my job. I don't want wires moving around. I want that stapled to the stud to make sure that that it can't move and and won't get clipped by hanging a painting or... That's what just uh, exactly the wall. That's exactly what I was just gonna say. Right.
1: You want them neat and bundled together right. for
0: that exact reason. So those so those three things are super simple, simple uh very visual cues that you can look at when you're going through your post rough inspection walkthrough. The last thing that I like to do is I take a photograph of every yes. single open wall on the job site. After I take those photographs, I put them in either Evernote or notability again. Um, I love those two apps as well. Um, and I note what they are North, north wall, uh, South you know South kitchen wall, North yep. kitchen wall. Um, if you're using field lens, again, nice thing. you can take the photo and you can pin it to the wall of the drawing. Why do we do this? Because it allows you to see every mechanical connection, in its exact and current location prior to the sheetrock going on the wall. So you have a historical record of where everything is located. So if somebody does hit a pipe or if a wire isn't working or a switch or an outlet or something isn't connected, you can go back, you can see what bay that, uh, that wire or that pipe may, may land in, and it'll be, it'll make f- for an easier fix for the, when the contractors have to decipher what that problem is.
1: And I, I tell you right now, the contractor is gonna love you for it. <laughs> it's the Beca- truth. Because I that I when I when I was building my house, it's exactly what I did. Yep. Um there was I, I, for, I, I forget exactly what happened, but one of the switches, it happens, guys, it wasn't working. Yep. Um it was just a, it was a bad connection. And they didn't know where that wire was. But I had all my pictures of the entire house in its rough stage. So we went to the area, found it. We knew exactly what area to cut out in the sheetrock. It literally took him five to ten minutes because
0: he knew exactly where that wire was. It was minimally invasive, small. It's like it, microscopic surgery it, it, instead it, of open heart.
1: It, <laughs> it, it wasn't. It wasn't uh, making your walls look like Swiss cheese. Trying to you know put a hole here, put a hole here, put a hole here until we find it. One hole, easy patch, done with. And it, it it's simple and it's uh, it's something that you know you say, oh my god, yeah, that's so easy. Why don't I think of it? those are simple things, guys. You save the pictures, you save that in your notebook, however you're doing it, like Anthony described, online, you know, whatever way you want to do it, but it will help you in the long run. And on top of it, hey, look, things change. You want to do a future renovation at your house? Well, look, you can show your next contractor, this is what's here. This
0: is what it looks like behind the walls. So it's really beneficial to, to you guys. Absolutely. All right, man. Well that wraps up another episode of Home with the Cousins. Guys, thanks for hanging with us and we will see you next week. Hey guys, real quick before you go, we just want to say thanks for listening to the show this week. And if you have a second, please subscribe on the Apple Podcast app or wherever you get your podcasts and share the show with your friends so we can keep growing this great community. Remember to check out HomeWithTheCousins.com to read our show notes from this episode, see past episodes, download our free renovation document package, or just to send us a note. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at Anthony and at Culinary John. Our show is produced and edited by yours truly, with original music intro and outro created by Steve and Joseph Padula. I'm Anthony Carino, and thanks for listening.